definitely find a circle of support that you can ask questions of because there are so many nuances to this transition into motherhood. You're listening to Small Minded, the podcast that believes being small is a good thing because small steps lead to big impact, small towns have a big heart, and small businesses play a big role in our modern way of life. I'm your host, Molly Knuth, and here at Small Minded, we share stories and strategies to help small towns and small businesses flourish. Here's to a life well-lived, being small-minded. Hi, listeners. Welcome back to a very special edition of the Small Minded Podcast. I know you guys have probably looked at your calendar, maybe you've even gone shopping already, but in just a few days, we'll be celebrating all the mamas out there. So for those of you who are listening who are a mom or a grandma, congratulations, this day is for you. And I really hope that you celebrate by doing something you want to do and um, not just getting like breakfast in bed in a pudding container with like stale toast, but even though that's cute, not speaking from experience. Um, sometimes I do want to just like have a breakfast that I don't have to clean up like that, you know, anyway, regardless, congratulations to all you mamas. I hope you get to choose what you do today. For those of you who are maybe not a mama, or maybe you are hoping to be one someday, you might be able to also take away a few things from today's episode, because in this episode of small minded, we are talking all about motherly advice. And this isn't just my advice. This is user and listener submissions that I received from Facebook and Instagram. And it's all those things that moms shared that they wish they knew when they started raising kiddos in small towns. And I think some of them are super impactful. Some are very serious. Others are silly. So let's just sit back and relax and enjoy some motherly advice in this week's episode of the Small Minded Podcast. Okay. We're going to start off with one that I personally included. So this is my submission. But item number one for anyone who is going to be a new mama out there is to really just get clear with yourself. Okay. When I thought about becoming a mom, I really did have a vision and a picture of what I thought that was going to look like for me. Now, at that point, I was very young. We started having kids young. That's just what we wanted to do. And I was teaching at the time and I envisioned myself as a mom, like if I got a picture in my head and closed my eyes, it was sitting on the couch, reading books to my kids. We were maybe like had one kid sitting at the table working on homework, like I had homemade snacks, you know, all those things. And I was like, oh, what a like calm and a peaceful mom I will be. Fast forward a few years and I was not that mom. That was not what the reality was for me. I was um, a farm wife, so you guys know who are in the ag or rural living communities, that in the spring and in the fall, like life gets kind of tough because you are doing the parenting thing solo for a number of weeks uh, if you are married or you have a partner or a spouse who is in the fields during planting or harvest season. So during those times of the year especially, but if I'm being honest with myself, it's all times of the year. I was just not the mom who was like sitting beside my kids doing homework peacefully. It was more one of those scenarios where I was like, okay, let's get the homework done. And then I'd turn to do something and I'd turn back and then I'd have to like, what are you doing? Let's do homework. <laughs> I was like, 
come on, come on, let's do this. And also like I was, I hate to admit this, you guys, but it's true. I was also the mom who was like, why is this assigned? (laughs) We don't have time for this. We have this, that, and the other thing to get done tonight. I don't have time for a half an hour of homework or whatever the assignment was. But this is not a drag on my kids' teachers. This is more a drag on my kids for not using work time appropriately in the classroom. Um, But this all just goes to say that, like, I had a picture of who I would be as a mom. Calm, patient, like, very studious, keeping my kids on task. Like, none of that is what my life is like in reality. We do screen time here. We do processed snacks. We do mom working at her desk while the kids entertain themselves for a while. We also do non-screen time where we take the screen time away and the kids complain about it for a while. And then I just like make them be upset or bored until they eventually go find something to do. And that is also kind of a takeaway. Like the kids will kick and scream. Not like my kids don't really kick and scream, but they will whine. And they'll come to me and say things like, mom, how long till we get our screens back? If you just push through that like half hour to an hour, they will go get lost in a book or they will go get lost in toys. You just kind of like be patient enough with yourself and like kind of stubborn and say, we're going to stick to this. And then they'll play for hours with like actual toys. It's awesome. But you have to get through that initial like transition phase. It's almost like they have to have a screen detox. But we do all those things here at my house. So even though I, and I, if I'm being honest, I didn't read all the parenting books or do all of the Google blog searching and stuff. I know some of you out there do, and that makes you feel really good in order to like be prepared and come to the table with knowledge. For me, I'm more of an experiential learner and I'm going to not like if I did too much reading or like studying up on things, I would worry myself sick. And also I am just like, I'm doing other things. And so I just wasn't super good at like researching things ahead of time. I would like research in the moment. So what is this rash on my kid's back? I would text a friend, I'd call my mom, or then I'd go to Google in the moment, but I didn't do a whole lot of like pre-planning up front. So that is something that I think is kind of a drawback, but also a benefit because in this day and age of like any kind of information at your fingertips, which is a little bit different than when we were having our oldest back in 2011, there wasn't so much constant in your face kind of parenting advice and there wasn't a million parenting blogs. And so I think that was a good thing for me because then I wasn't caught up in it. My approach was more of experiential, like I'm going to do this. We'll kind of learn as we go. And I think that was helpful because it gave me grace as a mom to grow and it gave my kids grace to kind of grow in their own right, like without my expectations so heavily weighing on their shoulders. Because I think if we're all truthful, like we all probably go into parenting with some level of expectation which is bound to be like torn down. You're never going to live up to whether it's parenting or a vacation or building your business or just like planning your day. Very rarely are you going to plan something that goes 100% as you expected it to. So with parenting, sometimes I do find that if I go into it and keep my expectations in check for certain situations, that really helps me as a person like process and experience it better. And I think going back to like my vision of myself as a mom and the mom I am in reality, I think that I've learned that over the years. Early mom, Molly, like used to say things like, my kid would never do that. And Molly, who is the mom of 11 years, she's like, "Mm, my kid might do that someday. 
they probably did already and I just don't know about it. <laughs> so that's my advice. Kind of like keep your expectations in check. Uh, my other piece of advice, which is echoed throughout, and I'm going to read other people's words as we go through the interview, or I'm sorry, the episode today, is to really be okay with asking for help. Now, as I'm recording this, I'm coming off of a season where we were just in party prep mode for my daughter. And she had a great first communion day. And if you're not familiar with the Catholic Church, it's when um, kids receive the Eucharist, kids or adults receive the Eucharist for the first time. It's a very special day. So our daughter got a dress. We had a party. She got her hair done. Uh, she got to pick the food she wanted at the party. She got some presents. And she just had the best day. But as you guys know, and if you're in, going into parenthood, you might have some expectations around the kind of parties you're going to host and plan. And I, like, this is not ironic and this is not, <laughs> like, lost on me that I just said, okay, like, keep your expectations in check. And then I think about how I behaved last week. And I was like, I was, like, over the top, mom. Like, we were cleaning. We were buying outfits. We were um, making sure everybody knew that they were going to behave at church. We made sure to practice for um, what she was going to say and how she was going to walk at the First Communion Mass. And I, like, for four days, we cleaned this house and we baked and we oh, just got, like, all the clothes ironed and everything. So my expectations were pretty good. But I could not have done that by myself, right? So I had people lined up to help me clean. My mom deserves a major shout-out on that. I had people giving me their advice on where to go shopping for clothes. I had family members who helped get food here to the table. They made food in their own homes and brought it. I had people who were helping me set up and clean up after the party. And so that is just one instance. But as you'll hear from some of these other submissions from listeners, like you can ask for help in a million different ways. But it can be hard for us at times, especially as small towners, to be accepting of that help, okay? So not only is it okay to ask for help, but when people offer help, I really encourage you to accept it because you're going to want to be super mama. You're going to want to be like getting back into the groove and the swing of things, but like 100%, you need to prioritize yourself and really give yourself grace to have other people come in and give you a hand where you need it. Okay, so those are my two tips. Let's see what else some of our small-minded listeners had to say about this topic. All right, listener number one says, definitely find a sitter and schedule time for yourself, your relationship, and your friendships. I agree. I think that finding a reputable, consistent like daycare, in-home provider, or just some like a nanny or like a grandparent or a trusted friend to watch your child a few days a week if you need it or maybe just a few hours a week. But it's important to give yourself some time so that you can connect with you and you can like hear your body and what it needs. And it's important to make time again for your relationships outside of yourself because all of these relationships that you have currently are going to change. And they will change for the better. They may change with some added new stresses because everything is just in the state of transition as you're trying to accommodate this new little human. But every relationship is going to have a different spin and a different perspective once you become a parent. And 
it won't just be like sunshine and roses for all of it. A lot of your relationships will get better and be deeper. Some of them will go through challenges and struggles. And you need to know, I would recommend like how to get yourself back to center. Because people might say, oh, I haven't heard from you in a while. You haven't called. Or they might say, when are you ever going to leave the house again? And it's like, you just have to, as, as the mom or as the parent, say like, there are things I need to prioritize. And here's my top three. And I'm guessing it's going to be your baby. And then you'll probably have two other things. And that might be like your relationship or maybe self-care. And those are three things, guys. You can't prioritize five things. You can't prioritize 10 things. You have to start small. So for a while, your priority is probably just going to be one, your baby. Your priority number two might be taking a shower. But your relationships are going to change. And then eventually you will be ready to like leave the house, socialize again. And then in that case, it is okay to ask for help and get a sitter. For us, when we just had one, um, we did have an in-home babysitter and she was amazing. She taught our kids so much. And then we transitioned to a child care center as our kids got older and we just had more of them um, because the center had, or first our in-home provider um, became a nanny for a family. And then the center situation just allowed us to have like more regular hours and like daily consistent care. And so we transitioned to that. And both of those setups are fantastic and you just need to weigh what's best for your family. And then we did also really want to have like high school age babysitters because we knew that our moms and dads, like my husband and my relationship, we had like younger parents and we knew that our parents like had active social lives too. And so we just, as parents ourselves decided, you know, we're going to get high school age babysitters so our parents don't have to watch the kids. Um, some grandparents love that and offer, which is great. And our parents do that from time to time too. But we did say like going into this, we wanted a majority of like the weekend and nightly child cares if we had to get a babysitter to be high school age. And we've been able to find this family with girls. They started watching our kids when they were in like fifth and seventh grade and our kids were just babies. And we've been able to like keep them throughout the years. And now our babysitter, she is a junior in college. She's awesome. What a gift and a blessing to our family, Natalie is. And she's like a big sister to my kids. Like seriously, she's so awesome. And that was something that we couldn't have foreseen going into parenthood, but it's been such a blessing. But it gave us the opportunity to connect with one another if we needed a date night. Now Natalie knows our kids better than we know them sometimes. And like if we want to go away for a weekend, Natalie will come and like stay overnight and Make sure that they do their homework. She's a much better, she's also going to be a teacher, but she gets their homework done and has them do chores. She's like a second mom. And that is such a gift to the family. So definitely get a sitter, find some time for yourself, find some time for you and your spouse or partner, and really do just like feel okay about getting help. Um, suggestion number two, give yourself grace after birth. Ugh. I can so hear this. So everybody's situation is different. You're going to have like various experiences with birth. You're going to have various experiences with recovery. You're going to have various experiences with support and who can be around to help you. You're going to have various experiences with how you feel emotionally as well as physically. So I was lucky in that like my body always like recovered pretty well from childbirth. 
not to say I bounce back like a Kardashian because that's not true. But I like felt relatively well after I would give birth. And my first labor was probably the hardest just because it was like the one that I had to like, it was the, my longest labor. And then like after that, the recovery took a little longer because the labor took longer. So then when baby number two came, the labor went way faster. And as a result, my recovery felt like it went faster. So like after just a few days, I was like, I feel so good. Me and the baby are going shopping. And we went and did like our like next town over target run, which turned into like three or four hours away from home. And that doesn't sound like very long, but I was exhausted when I got home. I will never forget how I like felt sick to my stomach. My feet hurt. I was tender, TMI, like my breasts were tender. It almost felt like mastitis. I had a headache and a fever and I really was not sick. It was just that I had pushed my body too far. And I would just like echo this listener's submission about giving yourself grace and like don't push your body to the limit because sometimes that limit is sneaky and it won't present itself until after you've already gone too far. So especially after birth, you need to give yourself grace and like just go slow. And that can be so hard because you're going to feel like, well, why can't I go for this run to town? Or why can't I like go out for a whole night? Because things are just different and you got to like take a breast pump with you or you have to like plan around your nursing schedule or you need to make sure you have enough like supplies along like packing your purse or packing a diaper bag or like just everything changes. Everything takes longer. I learned that getting out of the house was a two-hour process and like from start to finish like I needed to start getting ready two hours early and then I could be out the door. It just all takes time and I think that time shift and just like our interpretation of time as parents really does change a lot and I often find myself wondering like what did I do with all my free time before I had kids? I don't know. It doesn't even like register anymore because I feel like it's been so long. We've had kids for so long. But time does like just get shaped differently, which leads me right into our next user submission. Time goes fast. Snuggle those babies as much as possible. And I know that we can often like say, okay, the baby's napping. Now is the time for me to like do dishes. Or maybe this is a time for me to go sweep the floor, whatever. Write those thank you notes, whatever your to-do list is. Like especially with your first one, enjoy the snuggle time. Don't let the guilt get to you because you will never like have another time where you can just like sit and enjoy like snuggling your baby without anybody else around. It's going to be awesome. And I do also want to say that the time does go fast. Uh, somebody like early on in my motherhood journey said, the days are long, but the years are short. And it is so true. I was just looking back at photos of my babies from when they were little. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I do not even remember them being this size, especially when we were in the hustle and bustle of like three kids under the age of three. Oh my gosh, seriously, like my husband's a farmer. And so after we had our third it was the middle of August. We got home from the hospital and like a week later he started heavy harvest and I feel – and we were moving at the same time. We were building a house. And so that I really don't remember. I'm like that is just a big blur in my head. But in the moment it feels like the sleepless nights and it feels like you're never going to have all the bottles washed 
and it feels like, oh my gosh, when am I going to shower without thinking that there's a baby crying? But it does. It just kind of sneakily transitions. And pretty soon you're like, when was the last time I picked you up? When was the last time you needed my help to tie your shoes? And those things just kind of like naturally progress. And so really time does go so, so fast. And especially when they're just those little new babies, don't let the guilt of household chores or what you should be doing get to you. Just sit and enjoy. Next user submission is be present. It's so much more important than your phone. I agree. But I also was not a very good practicer of that. I got so good at Candy Crush during (laughs) all those bottle feeds. And that was definitely something that I did to like pass the time, I feel like. And I watched a lot of Wheel of Fortune. But um, you'll just find that like you do things while you're feeding. But yeah, try to be present. And that's a hard one for me. So I feel like I can't offer any sage advice or anything. But yeah, we'll just echo the sentiment. Our next user submission says, find your support system. Uh, yes, 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 yes. And that can be hard if you're like, you moved into a small town and you don't know a lot of people. But I would encourage you to find those people that you can ask questions of. Maybe it's your mom. Maybe it's your sister. Maybe it's a friend. Maybe it's a mom's group in your community. Maybe it's at your church. Maybe it's um, your neighbor's. But having someone you can call at a moment's notice with questions is crucial. And especially like if something pops up and you're like, oh, shoot, I'm sick. I need someone to help with the baby. It's nice to have that backup of someone who you can turn to. There's going to be so many questions that I can't even think of right now because I'm removed from that newborn stage. But there's going to be things that pop up and you're going to be like, is this normal? And having a circle is going to be so helpful. And that circle can be in-person. I do love in-person circles because I feel like they're so connected. But also like you can have a virtual community too where you can find women or parents in other places and you can just find support as you walk through this new journey. And I would recommend that if you take nothing else away from this episode, like nix the expectation talk, Nix the don't clean your house talk. Nix the babysitter talk. Like definitely find a circle of support that you can ask questions of because there are so many nuances to this transition into motherhood that you're going to want to have someone you can ask these questions of and look locally, but also look a little more globally in who that support system can be for you. Okay. Our last listener submission is about the seasonality of motherhood. And I wanted to end on this note because she put it so beautifully. She said, allow yourself to not be okay. Allow others to pour into you because there are seasons. You're going to have winter seasons where everything seems dark and things are so hard. And then you're going to have summer seasons where everything is beautiful and light and you're just enjoying so much of it. But you're going to go through these ebbs and these flows. It's a natural Part of the process. And by having someone and allowing people to support you through this, you can then go forward. And as our listener said, you can be that person to someone else when they go through this process. And I know this, I didn't know if she wanted me to use her name or not. So I'm just going to keep her identity private. But she is someone like me who has experienced various degrees of motherhood 
where we have like kids who have gone through some major health traumas and those are definitely winter seasons. But you have to allow other people to help you through that. You have to allow yourself to say, I need mental health support. I need someone to clean my house. I need someone to take these kids for an hour. I need to go for a walk. I need to sit here and do nothing as I park my car in the garage. And it's okay. You need to allow yourself to feel it. You need to allow yourself to be poured into so that you can then pour out to others when they are in their time of need. Okay, I'm trying to keep this short and sweet and to the point because we all know that moms are short on time, right? So I hope that you had some takeaways from this episode, not just from me, but from all of these other small town mamas who have such great advice to give and share. I also want to acknowledge that there are a lot of listeners out there who have gone through loss or maybe they haven't yet experienced that gift that they're looking for, that transition into motherhood like they've been yearning for. And maybe there are listeners out there who say that they don't want that. They're choosing that they want to not be mothers, and that's okay too. We're all in different phases. If I've learned anything in the course of my life and in the course of this podcast, it's that everybody's story is different, and they're all beautiful. And If you guys are finding yourselves in a time of pain or in a time of hurt, I really do hope that you reach out to your support system, whoever they are, to allow yourself to be poured into in this season. All right. For everyone out there who is a mama celebrating Mother's Day, I hope you get to do what you want to do. Seriously. And for all of those listening who are not mamas, go tell your mama thank you. Make her feel special on this day. And also this week is Small Business Appreciation Week, Teacher Appreciation Week, Nurse Appreciation Week, Firefighter Appreciation Week. There's just like every appreciation under the sun. We cram it into one week and I will go to my grave saying that this is wrong and we should celebrate these people on different weeks. But thank you to everybody who I just rattled off. And I will be back next week with another episode of the Small Minded Podcast. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Small Business Week. Happy Teacher's Appreciation Week. Happy Nurse Appreciation Week. All the things. And I'll talk to you soon. Hey there. Thank you so much for tuning in to another edition of the Small Minded Podcast, the place on the internet where we celebrate small towns, small businesses, and the people who love them. If you enjoyed this episode, we would be forever grateful to have a review of your experience over on iTunes, Spotify, our website, or wherever you tuned in today. And as always, we welcome you sharing this podcast with your friends and family on social. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Small Minded Podcast or at mollyknuthmedia.com slash podcast. Please go out, make today a good one. Take a small step towards a bigger impact. Here's to a life well lived being small minded.